This is Soul Saturations, the podcast, a transformational container to activate the light within you. I'm Kendall Merritt, your host and the founder of Soul Saturations. We are here to deeply connect with soul-centered sensuality and sexuality in relationships, business, and life so you can access your power and remember your true presence. All right, welcome back to another episode of Soul Saturations, the podcast. And before we introduce you to today's guest, I would like to take a moment to honor the container. So if you are able to take a moment to close your eyes and take a couple deep breaths so that we can honor the container and come into this present moment together. So as you're settling your energy and bringing some awareness to your space, Focus on just settling, feel yourselves start to come to a settling, quiet space and focus on the energy in the space around you. And at this time we wanna create our container and we call in our team and our guides and our spiritual highest beings of love, truth and compassion to bathe us in beautiful golden white light as we create this container. We call in the support of our angels and we ask that we clear out, cleanse and release any energy that is not of the highest, that is not of our making, and is contrary to what we are creating for ourselves and others in this life across all time and space, reality and dimension. We give so much gratitude for the transmissions and transformation that comes through this container, and we are so honored to share this space today with you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And so it is. All right. Welcome. So today we have a very special guest. We have with us today Jess Hendrick, and she is a conscious relationship coach. And so I'm so honored to have you. We are new friends, and I can't wait to spend some time getting to know you a little bit. So welcome, Jess. Thank you so much for having me, Kendall. I love how you started out the episode. That is beautiful. Mm. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I, I wouldn't be here without the transmission of the guides and our teens and the support to bring it all down. So we're, we like to always just start off to kind of bring some space. And I love giving the listeners the opportunity to, in the moments of your busy day, to just tune in and quiet. I know that I listen to podcasts all the time and I'll be out for a walk or out for a drive. And sometimes it's nice to be like, oh yeah, let's come back into the present moment. So Awesome. Thank you for the acknowledgement. I appreciate that. So, um, Jessa, let's dive right into it. Tell us a little bit about you and your mission and how you show up in the world. Sure. Thank you. Well, so like you said, my name is Jess. I'm a conscious relationship coach. And what that really means to me is really learning how to connect to yourself and know yourself on the deepest possible level. So it starts with our relationship with ourself and that relationship then sets the tone for every other relationship. So I work with people who are in relationship, people who are single, people who are dating, people who are married, the whole gamut, because it really starts with our relationship with ourselves and the, the conscious part of it is using any relationship that we have as a way to evolve and grow within ourselves. 
Mm. So kind of shifting the paradigm from thinking of a relationship as something that's supposed to make us happy or meet our needs in a certain way and more looking at it as a mirror for whatever's going on within our own consciousness and using that as a way to expand. Mm, I love that. I couldn't agree with you more. I think so much of the journey in relationships is about getting to know ourselves on a deeper level. And that's something that I'm super passionate about as well. So when we were introduced by a mutual friend, um, I, I felt like we were instantly connected on that because so often, especially in the world of dating and relationships and sensuality and sexuality, so many people are like, if I get this, then I'll be happy. Or if I have that, then I'll be happy. So is that something that you see a lot when you're working with your clients? Oh yeah. And that used to be me. So that's why I'm perfect for doing this work because I've really been there. Um, and I have a lot of people coming to me with this programming, you know, from our families of origin or society or whatever it is that, you know, I need this, this, and this in order to be happy. And that is such a backwards way of thinking, but that's what we're taught. So it's really a rewiring of kind of releasing those beliefs and just deciding for yourself, like, well, what can I do to make myself happy without like tying it to something outside of ourselves? Because as we know, something outside of ourselves can change in any moment. Mm -hmm. So we need to source our own happiness and our own peace, but you know, it's not something that we're taught. Yeah. I totally, totally resonate with that because I think a lot of us come from that place of, well, this is what I want. This is how I show up. So um, can you, one of the things I love about this, this kind of platform is being able to share some of those personal stories and experiences. So can you share a little bit about your experience of kind of dating in that space to really making that pivot to be able to show up and say, how do I actually start to show up from a place of conscious relating? Yeah, that's a really good question. That's what most of my clients come to me. They say, you know, I'm willing to do whatever it takes, but what do I do? <laughs> and that's totally. a dollar question, right? Mm -hmm. um, so personally, I mean, I've had a lot of different experiences and dating and relationships. And I just thought of a specific example that popped into my head when you asked me that. So I'll tell you that story. Perfect. Okay, great. <laughs> So I guess I was probably, I think around 31 or so, and I, I had a years of being single before that. And I was just thinking like, is, is it ever going to happen for me? You know, that external goal that I need to reach, like, mm. am I ever going to have a relationship? Am I, am I going to get married? Like, is that just something that's not going to happen for me or, or what's the deal? And after three years of being single and really dating people that were not available, didn't want the same, same things I wanted, you know, some of it was a little toxic, like the whole thing. I met somebody and from the second that I met him, I told myself, here he is, goal accomplished. Okay, we're going. <laughs> I can relax now. And... Um, it was it was one of those situations where you're both really, really drawn to each other, almost like inexplicably. You don't know why. Um, and so to me, I felt like, oh, this must be it. This must be the person I'm supposed to be with. 
And for the first three months, it was great. It was amazing. Really awesome. I was congratulating myself on finding that one special person, you know, good for me. I did it. I did all my, I did a lot of therapy and a lot of work on myself. And so I thought, oh, this is my reward. <laughs> anyway, I'm sure you can probably guess where the story is going. So um, little things started to happen that were not healthy in that relationship. And um, what I realized was that I was so attached to the fantasy of this person that I had created that I was blind to what he was actually showing me. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so it was, it was a really tough back and forth, like on again, off again, two year journey with this person. And, you know, it was really a dismantling ultimately of all of these things that I had thought about this person and the fantasy I created in not really seeing who he really was and what he really could bring to the relationship, you know? Mm -hmm. And it was compounded by the fact that I had a lot of work to do within myself because I had this belief system that I had created unknowingly mm -hmm. that, you know, I'm flawed, I have to be perfect to be lovable, I'm gonna be alone, yada, yada. So he really mirrored back to me all of those beliefs that I had about myself proving myself right mm. so this relationship ended finally after like I couldn't walk away I didn't feel like I could leave mm. and finally the decision was taken out of my hands and he broke up with me and it was devastating and I was on my knees dark night of the soul like mm. in so much pain I literally thought I would probably die <laughs> from the emotional pain. And that was the moment where I was like, there has to be another way. There has to be. I don't know what it is. I have no idea, but there has to be another way. And I decided, you know what? I'm never again gonna put myself in a situation that's that painful, ever. Yeah. So, oh. yeah. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that story with us. It takes some, some courage and vulnerability to share that. And so we definitely uh, appreciate your open share there. Um, that, that's so many of us, right? Like we've all been there. Hi, like, oh my gosh, where you're just like, okay, here he is. Like, look at me. I did all this work. He's beautiful. He like, he fits my fairy tale. And so can you tell a little bit about kind of dive in a little bit where we where you were in that place where you were the the signs were starting to show up what were some of the things that were like oh this is a kind of a red flag here that i should start paying attention to but i'm just going to ignore it what did that look like because i know so many women who are listening even men are in the same space they're kind of in that space where they're like Mm, like, are these red flags? What's really happening? So uh, fr speaking from experience, can you kind of share your journey there? Absolutely. And before I, I share, which I will, I'm happy to share whatever would be helpful. Um, I just want to say that one of the core principles that I teach in conscious relationship is never making anybody else wrong. Mm. So we have to be really careful when we're talking about, you know, red flags and things like that, that we're not having this holier than thou, like 
attitude and, and outlook because we all have our stuff. We all have our baggage and it could be perceived as toxic or it could be perceived as something to use to grow, right? Mm -hmm. So just a caveat, but I will say that my first inkling that this fantasy was crumbling <laughs> came pretty way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> came pretty early on um, when my perfect human being, and I'm like making fun of this, but this is literally what I thought. Um, my perfect partner and I were driving and I, I was driving, he was in the passenger seat and I was asking him, you know, where, where do you think would be the best place to park? Like, I'm not really sure. And he kind of lost his temper and he said, like, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, and just, it was really harsh. And he used like some, I don't know if I can swear on here. <laughs> you can go for it. F-bombs are welcome. <laughs> like, if you're being a fucking idiot, like just park somewhere. And I was like, oh, oh, yeah, that. Mm. And so I did stay true to myself and talk with him about it. And, and later, and he said, oh my gosh, I don't know what came over me. I don't know what that was. I never want to see your face look like that again. And I was like, okay it's fine. Like he, he didn't, you know, he's human and whatever, but suffice to say that was like an inkling, a tiny little minuscule example of like what came later. <laughs> so yeah. Love that. That's a great example. And I think that I love what you said about, you know, we can't make anybody wrong. I think that's one of the things that we tend to do as humans is when we look at things, it's always good, bad, right, wrong. And so much of that is, disaligned from where we, where our soul needs to evolve and where we need to grow. And so of course we can look at it as contrast. This is a learning opportunity as something to move from. And so starting to recognize where it, it feels off for you. So especially from an energy perspective, you know, what you said was you were just like, whoa, you could feel that like tightening that pullback, that wall that would want go up from your energetic field and knowing that, okay, it may not be, you're not wrong, but this isn't the way that I want my experience to go. So how do I start to move forward in alignment? Exactly. Yeah. So when you think about, you do a lot of this like subconscious reprogramming, how did you get into that? And what does that look like when you're working with clients? So for me, I had done a lot of work on myself. I had over 10 years of therapy and I'd work with different coaches. I had a coach for calling in the one. I had a somatic coach and all of it was super, super helpful and really you know, I couldn't be where I am today without all of that. And I'm grateful to all of those amazing human beings that walked the path with me and, and showed me a different way of thinking and being. But I kept creating the same situation with, with dating and with men. And I was like, at a loss, like, what's going on here? I, I've done so much work on myself. And I keep attracting like the same person in a different body, basically, and the same dynamic. And what is going on there? And so I started to receive um, messages about the subconscious mind. And because I always ask for help, like, show me the way, universe. Mm -hmm. What is going on here? What do I need to see? What do I need to know? And so information about the subconscious started coming into my awareness. And I spoke with a few different people, a hypnotherapist, um, actually two hypnotherapists, 
didn't really feel right for some reason for me at that time. And then I found a coach who specialized in uh, subconscious reprogramming. And so, and something in me just told me like, this is the way, this is it. So I started to work with her and it was, it was scary for me to make the investment to work with her. And I was also thinking like, here's another thing that I'm going to try and who knows if it's going to help. And, but I was at the point where, you know, I had to do something differently because I really wanted different results. So what I learned from the subconscious work is between the ages of zero and seven, we decide our beliefs about the world. And it's really pretty profound because when we're young, we're like little sponges and we're trying to make sense of everything, right? And so we will create a set of beliefs to live by unknowingly and then play them out throughout our entire life. And some of them really serve us and are wonderful and some of them don't. And I realized that the beliefs that I had in my subconscious, like some of them were, you know, I have to be perfect, I'm going to be alone, I'm different, I'm crazy, etc. right? And all of those were being mirrored back to me in different ways from the people that I was dating. <laughs> so much so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I learned through working with this beautiful, amazing mentor, Dr. Erin is her name, um, I learned how to uncover these beliefs that I didn't even know I had that were running my life and creating outcomes because whatever we have in our mind, we're going to project out into the world and it's going to be shown to us almost Mm -hmm. like a filter. We're going to filter out everything to prove ourselves right. So she has various processes to take you through past memories and things like that and really uncover this set of beliefs. And then from there, we release the emotional charge around the belief and then we can choose differently and create a new vision and really energizing that new vision. So now I liked it so much, it changed my life. I no longer was drawn towards unavailable people. I started attracting people that matched what I wanted, it was really miraculous. So I said, I I have to get trained in this so that I can help others, you know, have the relationships they desire. Yeah, totally. And um, isn't that so amazing when the universe just points us in the right direction and right direction, the word right using loosely here, but in that soul aligned direction of thank you, thank you, thank you. This is exactly where I need to be. And this is exactly what my soul needed. And to be able to learn those transformational experiences that we then get to show up and share with others. So what a gift to be able to follow your soul. And I absolutely admire you for doing that. And, you know, I think there's a big um, there's something to be said about that desire that people are like, I want a relationship that is going to set my soul on fire. I want something that is going to honor me in that highest place. And one of the things I love that we're so aligned on is this perspective of taking care of yourself first. And so the work that you do through the subconscious Uh, mind and reprogramming and retraining your perspectives and choosing that new energy and those new beliefs is so powerful. Um, So if somebody was looking to really kind of start to reflect and pull some self-awareness for themselves around, what are some of these beliefs that I have? What's a great way that you would recommend 
someone who's like, well, this is curious. I've never spent time thinking about this. How do they even get started to do some of that self-reflection work? So there's a couple tips that I can give. Um, I would, I would recommend having someone walk you through it, um, Mm -hmm. whether it's a coach, whether it's me or someone else, just having that support is really helpful because it's almost like if it's you, it's so close to you Mm -hmm. that it's hard to see it without a little bit of, of someone else guiding. Totally. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's almost like if you picture yourself, you're in a picture and you can't see the picture because you're in the frame. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the analogy that I liken it to. But um, I would say, you know, a good way to really uncover what's going on in your subconscious is the next time you have a really challenging moment or a really hard day, listen to what your mind tells you, <laughs> the story it tells you, right? Like, is it, oh my gosh, it's always the same. Nothing's going to get better. I'm alone. I'm never going to meet anyone. Men in LA are awful. That was one of my favorite ones. (laughs) You know, what is that track that's running subconsciously and recognize that that's not actually the truth, right? Mm -hmm. It's thoughts that we've been thinking for however many years. So it feels like it's true, but it's not actually the truth. And then I have my clients also reflect on what's coming up for them emotionally. So what are you feeling? Not thinking, because we want to go up to the thinking mind. What are you feeling right now? Are you feeling sad? Are you feeling hurt? Are you feeling angry? Are you, what is it, right? And then where in the past have you felt that way? And really tying it back to a memory because that's where the set of beliefs comes from is our memories. And I had a very, very powerful session with a client today. And he was telling me, he said, I have a really hard time with silence. Like if it's quiet, I feel I need to fill the silence in some way. It's very uncomfortable for me. And so I said, okay, well, let's think about all the emotions that come up for you during that silence. What happens for you? So he listed it all out to me, you know, and uncomfortable, like nervous, um, confused a little bit. He listed it all out. And I said to him, okay, where have you felt these feelings before? And this memory came back to him really, really quickly um, when he was in middle school and he was just having the best day ever, just the, the best day, love in life. And these two kids came up to him and asked him something very, very personal about his sexuality. And he was like, huh? And there was a lot of silence afterwards because he didn't know what to say, what to do, like, oh my gosh. And so that was likely where this discomfort with silence comes from. Wow. So that's the power of this work is really uncovering and it's your journey with you and you, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, it's a mastery of yourself and learning your patterns and learning your triggers. And when we have that level of mastery, we can really, you know, hold relationships in a different way. And when we love and accept all parts of ourselves, we can do that for another human being. I love that. Yeah, I think that it is such a powerful journey 
um, to be able to go through, you get to make such a shift in your life when you can really start to do that work where things that had such a highly emotional charge and experience associated with it can now become something that you get to choose what's true for you. And one of the things that I spend a lot of time with my clients as I'm working through them in a similar yet very different process through energy coaching is being able to show up and love yourself with the radical compassion. Because as you're doing this work, you start to see all the different places that it plays out in your life. And again, we can pull through that human idea of, oh my gosh, I've been doing everything wrong for my whole life. Mm-hmm but you're not really doing every, anything wrong. That's just what has worked for you up until this point. That's what's kept you safe. And now you get to make the choice of where do you want to go moving forward. And so having that radical compassion for yourself and all the past experiences in your life is what can help you lovingly move forward in, on the next step of your journey to really reprogram and choose your next perspective. Yes, exactly. I love that so much because it is it's usually a set of behaviors or thoughts or, or patterns that we developed as children in order to survive in our environment. And even if you had, you know, super loving parents and it was wonderful and all of that, I mean, I feel like just the nature of being human, things happen that impact us and can traumatize us on a small level or a large scale. And we all carry these things with us, like you said, and it's to keep us safe. So for him with the silence, he wants to fill the silence because he doesn't want to feel all the emotions that the silence brings up, right? So it's really profound. And, and I just love it so much being able to help people understand, oh, that's why. That's why I do that. You know, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm not crazy. I'm not different. It's just because of a memory that I'm tapping into from my past. So of course... Yeah, of course. Do you have any tools that you like to recommend to your clients when they're in this process of, okay, now that I'm starting to recognize this thing and I get to now choose this new perspective, what tools do you recommend that they use to be able to hold themselves accountable? So in between sessions with you, what are the things that they can rely on so that when that thing starts to show up, how do they start to shift that behavior? That's a really good question. So I, I would number I would number one say, you know, it's important to get support for yourself. So yeah. whether that's just, you know, reading a book that feels supportive for you or surrounding yourself with people that understand this and are working on themselves and it's a safe and sacred space, or hiring a therapist or a coach or whatever, getting yourself support, I feel like is so vital. And most of my clients didn't have a lot of support growing up, right? So it's like a new, a new thing to be, oh, it's okay to have support. Mm. So, and, and I practice what I preach. I have coaches and, and I get myself support <laughs> whenever needed. So, but I would say, you know, it depends on the person because um, in general, just creating awareness around the, the beliefs and the patterns without judgment is a big one. So just noticing, so now that we had the session this morning, I would just share with him, you know, for the upcoming week, let's just see how it goes. If silence comes up, now that you know where it comes from, just notice it. Just be the observer. Like you said, it's not bad. It's not wrong. 
Mm-hmm. If I'm uncomfortable, I'm uncomfortable just sitting with the discomfort. And then also maybe calling it out like, oh, when it gets quiet, I have this thing where I get a little nervous and I feel like I need to fill the silence, right? Like just calling it out and bringing it to the light versus like, oh, I have this flaw and it's awful and I need to change it. Like who says, right? Um, But it's really individualized depending on who I work with because different people need different things. So I might recommend a book or I always recommend meditation. Mm -hmm. Um, I love Louise Hay's book, You Can Heal Your Life. I pretty much recommend that to every single person. <laughs> I just That's love a it. great one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really wonderful. But, and like you said, you know, tapping into your energy and what feels supportive for me and how can I create more of that in my life is a really good tool, I feel like, whether it's, you know, going for a walk or just sitting for five minutes, putting your hand on your heart and just letting yourself know I'm safe. Like I have a whole toolkit. And what I do with my clients is we develop a personalized toolkit for them Mm. so that they have things that they can access, you know, in between our sessions. Yeah. I love that. And, uh, that's a great point is that, so each individual is so different and what works for one person doesn't always work for anybody else. But as you're just in this process to really show up as the observer and really be able to say, okay, like what's coming up for me. And I loved your point of even just calling it out. And I like to think about that as honoring the human experience. Like, Mm -hmm. Hey, there's nothing good, bad, right, or wrong about this, but just to be able to honor that and say, okay, this thing comes up for me and it's something I'm, I'm changing. That's, that's all, but speaking it into existence gives us that ability to take control and accountability to be able to shift the behavior moving on. So I absolutely love that. So what if, um, let's talk a little bit from the conscious relating side of things. So of course, it's great for people to start to do this work on their own and get themselves in a place where they understand what their own patterns are. And as you know, when you get into a really deeply intimate relationship, it often brings up a lot more work for us. (laughs) (laughs) Forever, right? You're like, oh, I have to consistently keep working? Okay, got it. This is great. (laughs) Yes. Um, so when you're working with, um, people that are in a conscious relationship and you're really helping them, um, kind of establish that foundation, how, um, how do you recommend them to communicate what their expectations or beliefs or desires are when they're in this kind of new state of maybe in a relationship to say, okay, here's what I want. How do you recommend they communicate that to a partner? Really, really good question. And yes, I just want to highlight what you just said because a lot of us, including myself, it's like this, it's a subconscious belief, honest, almost, but like where you feel like once I'm in partnership, then I don't have to deal with any of my pain anymore or my past. Like, so it's like the mountaintop, right? Once I, and it's such bullshit. Such right. bullshit. I'm like, oh God, babe, you hold up a mirror for me every day and I love you for it, but also fuck. <laughs> it can be really intense. So, mm-hmm. you know, when I work with people that are in partnership, usually I, pr- I prefer to do one-on-one work first and then work together with the couple 
because I feel like it really is about our journey, you know, with, with me and me mm-hmm. first. Um, but yeah, it's, it's something that I have my clients create their ideal scene, ideal vision of what do you want to create in your relationship and put the current relationship on a shelf right now. And just think about all of the qualities and all of the components that you would love in a relationship and just get it all on paper, write it down, get clear, because if we don't know what we want, how can we move towards that? Right. Amen. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and really just getting clear on what are my must-haves? What are the things I have to have for this to work? And what are my deal breakers? Mm-hmm. And anything in between you can work on, right? Or, and you can always shift your list. But getting clear, because for so many years, I would get like shiny object syndrome, I call it, where I would go out with somebody and I would think, oh, he's so cute and blah, blah, blah. And like, who cares if he doesn't want a relationship? Maybe I'll convince him, you know, or other unhealthy patterns. Yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So getting really clear within yourself on what do I want to create here? And then your partner can do the same if you're in partnership and really come together and, and see like, okay, how can we do this Mm -hmm. and use it as a tool to really create what you want to create in the partnership. And then with the deal breakers, things that absolutely don't work for you, this is where it can get a little challenging because if we, someone has a deal breaker and you know, you've had conversations around it, you've gotten support around it, and it just doesn't seem to be shifting, that's where you make a self-honoring choice than to not be in the relationship anymore, which is way easier said than done. So much easier said than done. I love that. That's uh, that's very much how I work with couples as well. Is like, okay, let's have some individual sessions. Let's kind of do that between you and you first, of course, and then come back together. And um, I love that you said making the self honoring choice. If you've if you've both tried to work through things together, you have that deal breaker, and it's just not going to align. That's, you know, sometimes compassion is fierce and you have to say, this isn't going to work for either one of us. Neither one of us are going to be satisfied. I like to give my clients three really simple rules. Number one, don't settle. So if you have this ideal list, honor that you deserve that and really like stepping into that energy. Number two, feel honored. If you're not feeling honored in partnership or in any relationship that you may be in, but you have to feel that love, that respect, that trust, that safety there. And so making sure that you're feeling honored for yourself is a huge point. So I love that your point of make the self-honoring choice that maybe it's not going to be aligned. And then the third thing that I like to give my clients is have fun, right? Mm -hmm. So many people when we're dating, we're in that like, okay, where's Mr. Right or whatever that is. It's like, no, like, have fun and honor your human experience and enjoy what you're doing and taking each experience as this learning opportunity to say, okay, as I'm building out my ideal list of what I want my relationship to look like, every opportunity is a a learning opportunity to say, well, maybe I didn't, that didn't feel really good. Maybe I don't want that in the next one. And so just honoring that for what it is, but. Absolutely. I made my best list after that on the knees moment. Of course. I literally was like, okay, what is everything that didn't exist in that relationship that I want to create in the next one? Right? Like, 
And then I got super, super clear. And here's a little, another little caveat. If you have this amazing, gorgeous list, and I was really against lists for so many years because I'm like, I don't want to go check, go down a list and check. check, check, check. Uh-huh. It's not about that. It's really not. It's just about getting clear and having that frame of reference so that when you're dating, you're, you, can, you can ask yourself right away, okay, wait, this, this is not a must-have, right? Like this must-have that I need is not here. And I can see that on the first date. So am I going to continue down this path or am I going to realize that it's not here on the first date? It's not going to be here on the 50th date, right? Yeah. But when you know what you don't want, you know what you do want. But then we need to embody those qualities ourselves. Ugh. We can't, yes. yeah, we can't, you and I are so on the same page. I, I love, love it. <laughs> if you want, you know, a loving, kind, I feel seen, I feel heard, I'm okay, it's okay for me to be human and have my moments relationship, you need to be that space for someone else, mm-hmm. right? You, you can't, and a lot of times you need to be the one who shows up first in that way because a lot of my couples run into this, which I get. It's very easy to get into this cycle of like, well, if he would only do this, then I could do this and I could be that way. But if he's not doing that, then I can't be that way. And it's like, well, what do you need from him? What do you want from him? Let's say you want to feel hurt. Well, are you providing a space for him to feel hurt? And usually the answer is actually, no, I'm not. Mm Mm-hmm. Totally. I think identifying what you need is so important and you have to be able to provide that for yourself for sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. And speaking to that too, I, ha- I have a friend of mine who she's wanting to call in a relationship and she's done a ton of work on herself. And, and frankly, I'm amazed that it hasn't happened yet. I feel like it's any day now. Yeah. Um, but we were talking yesterday and I was telling her, you know, sitting with the discomfort in dating of like, am I going to see him? Is he going to call me? Yada, yada. Like it doesn't feel good, right? But it's practice to sit with yourself and give yourself whatever you need. Mm. Even if it's to just let yourself feel that discomfort of like, oh, this is uncomfortable. Because like you and I said, once you're in partnership, just because you have a partner, as much of a blessing it can be, does not mean that they're going to read your mind and meet your needs 24 seven. A thousand percent. <laughs> so mm-hmm. You still need to continue the path of doing your own work, meeting your own needs and communicating to each other what you need. Like in my partnership, we are always learning and we've realized that, you know, if we both get triggered, the absolute best thing we can do is to separate best thing. Amen. Um, uh, one of my friends, she and I are running a group coaching program together right now. She always says strike when the iron is cool. Um, rather than strike when the iron is hot, because sometimes you just get, when you're both in that elevated emotional state, you're not seeing or thinking clearly, or, um, you need that, like, okay, let's separate. Let's, walk away. And I know for my partnership, that was definitely something we had to work on where it's like, no, no, no. Like don't go to bed mad. Let's fix this. It's like, 
no, it's fucking midnight and I'm going to rip your fucking throat out. So (laughs) we need to walk away and go to sleep. It's just like honoring what you need for yourself is so important. It's like, okay, I'm going to go in my office. I'm going to sit at my altar. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to journal. Where am I coming from? What am I feeling? What do I need? All the things. So I love that. For sure. And and I have, a, I have a specific process for couples that I use for them to go through one, when they're triggered and then when they're able to, to go through this process and really uncover what's the root cause of the trigger, right? Because we mm-hmm. can get so caught up in the details of like the surface level of the argument versus like the roots. Yep. It's like we're focusing on the branches of the tree and we need to look at the roots. Mm-hmm. Totally. So, that is something that I find very, very helpful. But, but yeah, it's, it's really, and like you said, your brain's offline. Your logical brain is literally not accessible. So to try to have a conversation and repair in that moment, you're just going to make a bigger mess and re-traumatize each other. <laughs> totally. So for somebody who is like, oh, yep, guilty as charged, what do you recommend for them to get to the root? Because sometimes it's hard to get down to the root, for sure. It it is hard to get to the root. And so like I said, I do have a specific process that this couple that that I'm being trained by, Rudy and Kelly Castro of Conscious Partnership Coaching, created. Mm -hmm. And it is phenomenal. And it helps you really identify, you know, what happened, what are the emotions underneath it, and really the core of it is where have I felt like this before? So very similar to what I shared with you earlier. Where have I felt this in the past? And a specific memory will usually come forward. Mm-hmm. And then you, re- and maybe some emotion comes forward once you tap into that. Okay. So, and it's really interesting because for different people have different wounding, right? So for me, I have a bit of an abandonment thing going on. So for my partner to need to leave when we're both triggered, I have to sit with my like, oh my goodness, I'm alone, I'm abandoned wound. (laughs) So it's really quite profound, but I've flexed that muscle enough that I can do it now. I'm just like, okay, here it is sitting with it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I think that that is such a beautiful opportunity of partnership is like knowing that we have ourselves to count on. We're really never alone. When you think about it, we're always so supported by our guides and our team and the universe and whatever you believe in. And so being able to trust ourselves to sit in that discomfort and say, okay, I'm uncomfortable and it's okay to feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and just knowing that we can have that trust in ourselves to be able to work through that is really powerful. Yes. Cause then we no longer need anything outside of ourselves. And mm-hmm. it's not to say that we can't desire to have a partner or desire whatever thing outside of ourselves, but we don't need it. Mm-hmm. You no, know, it's yeah. a whole different energy of like, yeah, that's a nice to have versus like, I'm going to die if I don't have this. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so, I mean, we've all been there where we're like, I think I might die right now. And yeah. okay, that's all right. You're allowed to feel that way. Okay. Now, how are we going to move out of it? For sure. Yeah. Um, well, I definitely want to honor time, but I, I have one more question for you. If you are open to sharing, we always love a, a good love story. So can, would you share your story of how you met your partner? Because I think that that's always something so fun to share. 
I would love to. I've been, wa- I've been wanting to have a story forever. And our story is kind of anticlimactic, to be honest, but whatever, right? Um, okay, it's still your story. So. <laughs> so I met him on a dating app on Bumble. Woohoo! See, ladies, I tell you, law of abundance. Get on those dating apps. Let's go. <laughs> and you don't, I always tell people, you don't know which channel. Like, if you're open, it can come to you through any channel. So, you know, could be a dating app, could be you're filling up your car with gas and someone talks to you, like who knows? So just be open. But I met him on a dating app and, and I, I, I was at the point where I didn't really care. Like I was just like, I would love a partner. I just had a recent breakup a few months ago and I was like, okay, I'm just going through the motions. So we met um, and I actually went to meet him right after working out at the gym. I was like, I'm done with like making myself look all pretty and putting all this effort in to go on like a crappy date. (laughs) I'm done. So I went after the gym and we, I developed a bit of a process for how to, after years of doing it in ways that didn't serve me. So I would talk with him on, I talked with him on the phone one time. We made a plan to meet. We met for kombucha. I don't even have dinner, just, just kombucha. Mm -hmm. And I thought he was really sweet, really cute. We had a nice conversation, um, but it, I didn't, it wasn't those like bells and whistles that I described before about, mm-hmm. oh my God, here he finally is, right? Mm-hmm. Which I actually think is healthy. <laughs> totally. So it took him about, about five or six days to ask me out again. And I was kind of like, okay, like I thought he was cute, but if he's not feeling it, that's, that's no problem. And it turns out he actually had dates with other people set up already. So mm-hmm. I'm telling you guys the whole story here. And so he felt, and that, you know, we've had this conversation many times, but he felt like he needed to honor his word and his plan and, and continue to go out with these people, like the first dates, other first dates. And I kind of said to him, well, if you knew that you felt a connection with me, do you feel like it was fair to the other people? And he's like, no, probably not. So anyway, after that, um, we went out again and we were just pretty exclusive pretty quickly, but I can say, you know, during this relationship, I've done it very differently than I have in the past because I've been so clear on what I want to create from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. So on the first date, I'm like, this is really what I want to create. And I'd love to have a partner and I'd love to be like a team and, you know, possibly have a family, like just lay it out there because if it's not a fit, better to know on the first date than, and I've done this many times, try to fit a square peg in a round hole. Is that the saying? (laughs) Something like that. Yeah. Uh And it's, it's like, you'll break your own heart over and over again versus being so true to yourself. So we've had a really, a lot of expansion, a lot of growth in our partnership and there's deep love there. And also there's been a lot of challenge. So to be completely upfront, but I'm so grateful that he, that he's committed to walking through this expansion and this growth as a team. Mm -hmm. Well, big acknowledgement to him, because I know that it, uh, speaking for my partner as well, you know, it takes a lot of courage and really rooted divine masculine to be able to, show up and create the container for women like us who are coaching other people through their own challenges and relationships. So they get to do extra work and we do, we, but 
you know, that's really the expansion. That's the contrast that we all get to grow together. So thank you for sharing. I love that. Um, and you know, it, it always takes work. So even when, once you're in the relationship, it takes work. And so I just am so grateful for you sharing your story and, um, what's a great way to connect with you. We'll make sure that we put it all in the show notes. That would be amazing. So I have my website, jesshendrick.com. So if you'd like to have a call with me to discuss this further, I would love, love, love to connect with you. And there's, there's an application just so we can get super clear and get the very most out of our call together. So there's that. And then I'm also on Instagram at jesshendrick111. So you can find me there as well. Love it. Well, we will absolutely connect all the things and all the links. And so we want to put a pretty little bow and give some gratitude to our guides and our team and this time together. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for this beautiful transformation and spreading of just beautiful, absolute light in love moving forward. So thank you. Thank you. That was beautiful. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Thanks so much for joining me today. If you loved this episode, I deeply appreciate you subscribing and leaving a five-star review. Come join me online at soulsaturations.com or follow me on Instagram at soulsaturations. Feel free to slide into my DMs anytime and let me know what you love, what resonates, or any questions that you might have. And remember, only you can activate the light within.